0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Victoria Theatre Arts Center's podcast, Alive at 825. My name is Chris Wilborn, and I'll be your host. Uh, It's been a little while since we put out a podcast episode. It just did not feel quite like the right moment. It's been a weird year. I think we can all agree between COVID-19 and the untimely passing of George Floyd and all that followed. We just didn't feel like it was right to release an episode of the podcast, so for this episode, we interviewed our good friend Damian Strange, a former board member here at Victoria Theater Arts Center, and I hope you enjoy the conversation that we had as a result. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are, well, we're not live, but we are. <laughs> rolling. We are rolling. That's not what we did, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, there it is. All right. We are super excited to have a good friend of ours here today. Who, why don't you introduce yourself? We'll let you We'll let you do the introduction. Who the heck are you anyway?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'm Damien Strange. Um, I live in Frogtown uh, with my wife, Karina, and our two-year-old son, Ezra. Yep. And yeah, I'm a musician, composer, a sound art- artist, and yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exciting. Well... Uh, we're excited to have you on. At some point, Ezra's going to get a little bit older, and maybe we'll have him on here as well. We'll have <laughs> you come back with Ezra, just because that'll be super fun. Um, we wanted to sit down and talk to you today about all those things you just mentioned, about being a musician and a composer, and about so much more, because we happen to know that you're a man about town. <laughs> so, um, let's start with this, musician side of things. You have yeah. a band called Moores Blackman. I do. Tell yeah. me Everything.
1: Morris Blackman is a a trio. We've been around, I think it's almost been, it's been like four years, almost five years now, Um, and uh, we have uh, Khalil Brewington on drums. He's played in a number of bands around town, Yeah. Um, and he and I have been playing music together for like 20 years almost now. How how did you guys meet? Um, I think we met through it's a it's it's a little blurry because those days were a little blurry uh back then because um, we i was gigging a lot and like never never on like big stages but like lounges and things like that and i think that's that's kind of how we met um I used to play with uh d j don cuco or, or rico uh mendez okay. um a lot he was in my band and that band broke up and he was doing all this d j stuff around town and he was always doing cool stuff by bringing in like musicians to play with him which is very similar to what he's doing right now yeah um and i was playing um sax with him and uh i think eventually like a group of those folks just formed an, a group that kind of stayed together Yeah. and Khalil was playing drums uh in that group and, and he him. and i just kind of connected and hit it off and
0: and yeah. so you stole him away and started something else. And you said there's one other person. Who's the other? Yeah, Who's- Antoine
1: Martin. Yeah, uh, who has um, also been around town. He he was in the he played bass in a band called Disasterati, um, and yeah, and he's you know he's been a community organizer. He actually used to be the ED of I think it was uh, Can Do Central Avenue okay. Neighborhood Association in um, uh, in Minneapolis. And uh, I met him uh, working at Knock. Uh, oh, okay. I was actually running, so uh, that wasn't
0: a purely musical connection. No, no,
1: okay. I was running like a get uh, get out the vote campaign. I think that was in twenty thirteen for them, and he was an organizer working there as an organizer. But you know, when you're organizing, like sometimes in the day, you're just sitting sitting around, and music is always kind of a part of the whole thing uh, anyway. And so we we're just chatting about different musical tastes and stuff like that. And I found out he played bass. <laughs> and I'm always trying to encourage people to, like, you know, do their music. And I just think yeah. music is so therapeutic. Uh, no matter what you're doing, it, it it if it's been a part of your life, you should keep it a part of your life. Yeah. Um, so when Khalil and I were uh, thinking of putting this band together, um, we, ha- we had a bass player that kind of wasn't working out. Uh, Khalil and I had this, I mean, we really are into improv and, like... Sort of like straying outside the margins a little bit, and yeah. uh, not having a distinct style, but like bringing in all of our influences. And this bass player kind of just—he just like doing like a style. He that he okay. you know, which is cool because he was a, a an amazing bass player. Um, but we were just like, no, it just it wasn't the right fit.
0: Well, you play bass as well, don't you?
1: Well, I don't really play bass. I play like bass like key space um a lot yeah. yeah so
0: you yeah so maybe we should speak on that because yeah. you're on stage playing a keytar yes why a keytar
1: and i'm a child of the 80s you know <laughs> i when i was you know i first got the synthesizers uh i guess like in a really early 80s and uh, and then like bands at that time like even like r&b bands primarily and like new wave bands are like playing this new thing sure (laughs) the guitar and i just thought it blends the the keys
0: and the guitar yeah you can step
1: up to the front you know uh and and uh move like um you know other members of the band instead of being sort of locked behind this uh this sort of uh barrier (laughs) at some some point uh, so
0: um I've seen you guys play a couple times, mm-hmm. and you say you also play saxophone. I don't believe I've seen you play saxophone. Does that ever come out at a Morris Blackman show? Not at a
1: show. In um, a few rehearsals, like we messed around with it a little bit. Um, it's just so hard, because we're a trio, to fill in the sound. Really, that the guitar has been... Um, the, the way I program it is to really fill in a lot of space. Sure. Um, and so it feels like, you know... We're bigger than a trio or it sounds like we're bigger than a trio because of, of how how that works when it's just us and the saxophone, which I actually wouldn't mind. Um, in fact, I've been in I played in a group with Khalil where it was just like upright bass me um, on sax and, and him on drums. Um, but we did, it just wasn't working with the sound that we had at the time. Yeah, that,
0: that doesn't sound like it's anything near that sort of new wave right. thing that maybe was a piece of the inspiration. Yeah. Um, tell me what the inspiration was for the name Moores Blackman.
1: Oh, uh, so, um, so it, it's kind of funny because it's all come back. Um, Spike Lee has a movie, She's so Gotta Have It. Uh-huh right so and spike lee was in his movies like he's often <laughs> in yep. his movies
0: he, he's uh somebody somebody said that he's like the ditty of of film he's the ditty of film yeah he's like, gonna be, be in, in the it. background vocals on every one of your songs gotta do it spike yeah. lee might be in every movie yep he, he and so
1: he's his character in that was mars blackman okay and people might remember it as i'm looking at like a pair of jordans
0: reissued but that's mars blackman right? mars blackman so
1: why Moore's? so more is like just because uh well, I am gonna keep it uh family friendly, but <laughs> Khalil, Khalil wanted of the provocative name uh, uh that you know sort of illustrated that this was black music okay, okay. <laughs> and so we went through a n- number of names and moors um just like sort of s- stuck as a you know the moors who it- it ended up invading spa europe yeah. and and um and sort of lived in North Africa, um, or live in North Africa. Uh, so so Moores came up, and I, and I think it actually was him. He was just like, oh, like Moores Blackman, because he kind of rushed like that
0: a lot. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's perfect. So speaking of this whole uh, wanting to identify as as a black band or as mm-hmm. black musicians in this, like, last year, I'm not exactly sure when, but I remember seeing you posted something on Facebook, which I don't think you're on anymore. Yeah. Um, you posted something on Facebook uh, talking about how techno is black music yeah. and how it's been appropriated uh, by modern EDM culture.
1: Mm, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> that, I I had heard that before. I knew that sort of just because I came up around house music and techno for sure, but like... Uh, I saw some reactions to that, and it got shared around with a few of my other friends. I don't know if they got it from you or if you just got it from the same place they got it. I don't mm. know. But uh, A, I guess I should just ask, do you have any thoughts on that about how dance music uh, has sort of morphed away from being a thing associated with black culture? Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Because I, I hear some dance influence in Morris Blackman as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 Uh,
1: it's You know, we bring... And that's the thing, we bring all of our influences to to the table and we don't like we don't discard any of it. Uh, and that's why we say we don't have a genre because we want to bring all of it together. But you know, again growing up uh, in a time period it, period I, I grew up in, you know, it was coming out of um disco, because I was born I was born in, in in 73 and like I think disco officially supposedly started in 74. Uh, which is like I don't know when you officially start. Yeah, <laughs> anything, but, it's whenever the cameras yeah. <laughs> finally figure out which club to go to. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but um, but like hearing the transition from disco, like well, disco, and then hip hop coming in in the in the seventies uh, um, as well. Um, seeing the development of those two those streams um, of of black music, um, I you know I. My mom was a singer and but she was also a young mom so she was going to the clubs sure. you know um while when I was a young kid and she you know was influenced by the music that was played there and so she she was a um sort of a, a vinyl lover uh, and and bought lots of records too and so that's how I got introduced to um sort of uh, house music or techno yeah. well house music really um, at that time, and I mean, those were black folks, yep. <laughs> you know, doing it. Yeah. For, you know?
0: for those for those who are listening or just watching this and, and aren't aware of what we're talking about, so there's there's this whole thing which you've no doubt heard out there. That's like your David Guetta or like your I don't know who's big right now, but like a few years ago it would have been like Tiesto and mm-hmm. those guys, and yeah, they are all playing a music that started out in the sort of poor and often gay black neighborhoods yep. and clubs of Chicago. Yeah. And Detroit took it and made it harder. Yeah. And that you know, and that's techno. So you have a house in Chicago, sort of by way of New York, thanks to a couple of DJs who immigrated. Yep. And uh and uh and then Detroit really made techno. And a lot of the messaging that was in, especially those early techno songs, was very like very much about the plight of the inner city and how black communities were not getting what they're needed. Absolutely. Um, Maybe with some uh, metaphor, it may not have been quite, it might not have been completely out there, but now that you flip that and now you just hear Calvin Harris, right. (laughs) You know, the message is just like, it's the summer and we can go on a hot date and uh, it's just a whole different thing. It is not, it is not a message anymore.
1: And, and it's, you know, it's crazy about it what is crazy about it is that you know it's fine i love how you know music sort of evolves and 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 it flows like that just like language does um well music is a language and but it's just like you want to recognize like the origins and I, and that's like the the part that that's when it becomes appropriation like you you act like you invented it like there's yeah. no there's, the the beginning gets erased the, the origins get, get gets erased and um, you know that happens a lot at, um, with with black music, and you know in in, in cultures of color in general. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't recognize the origins of things.
0: Yep. So yeah. do you do you find then that not just in Morris Blackman, but do you find that there is value in putting out music that is unapologetically black to sort of reclaim those spaces? I think so. Yeah.
1: You know, I think. You know, personally, at, as a music and a and a and a creator, it's it's actually you know healing <laughs> for for me, but but also um, sort of. I I think I also do it for for people who um, you know feel sort of feel erased as well to to give give them a voice and and also say that there's nothing wrong with like claiming claiming these things or reclaiming these things. Sure. Um, you know there there's power in that. So um, that's I think that's kind of how we did it. Again, we you know the three of us had played music with a lot of different people, um, and and sometimes we 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 would be in groups where it's just like, well, this is what what blackness is too. <laughs> you know, like sure. like just being very prescriptive as to what it is, and, and all of our backgrounds, like we we uh, you know we love like punk rock which again is like there's blackness in punk rock like sure. early punk rock like there's, there's that's black you yep. know um we we love dance music we love um we love jazz and we can talk about the history of jazz
0: <laughs> yeah i mean obviously a parallel <laughs> you know? there as far as the appropriation of the music goes right. I'm, and i think that it's not just black music there's lots and lots of cultures out there who can say yeah, we started that and yeah. we don't know why it is where it is now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pause. Sarah's gonna bring the family through the screen here. Hi Nathan. Hello. If you're watching this on film, you just saw the backpack go zooming by. The conversation was so That is good. that is that is the artist right All here. The artist of the- oh yeah on the wall behind you. That's right. After. We should we should we should get him out here to talk about his art. That maybe that's the uh, the the bonus feature.
1: Yeah, that can be one of the teasers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're planning a whole campaign where we like
0: tease out and then the podcast drops. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're uh we're we're trying to we're trying to honestly represent our cultures through our music. Yeah. With the guitar.
1: With the guitar. Yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah, you know. <laughs>
1: We had those guitars going and all those those R and B bands and
0: (laughs) with the Jerry curls and the little bow ties and (laughs) (laughs) oh the eighties. All right. So I last saw you guys play at the Cedar Cultural Center. Oh yeah. You had me come out and just be the house DJ for that show. Yeah. Playing house music as a house DJ. Yeah. But that was a series of shows, was it not?
1: uh yes um it was it was part of the um cedar artist collective
0: yep and yeah. you're and you're a part of that how you want to explain that for me because i i kind of i saw i was brought in on the last show yeah and i saw the social media stuff around the the one prior to that but i was late to the party so tell me what that was about and is that something yeah. that'll come back
1: yeah um so the cedar uh last year invited uh me and a, uh and a. And a cohort of other artists, um, including Greg Greese, um, uh, Ifrah, who's a great amazing storyteller, um, uh, let's see um, Ju- Julian uh, Manzara, and um, yeah, a few other a few other artists to um, come together as a collective and sort of influence how the cedar curates its uh, season okay Um, you know they i you know to their credit they recognize that the cedar um sort of exists within a community that often isn't represented on their stage yeah that's (laughs) the cedar riverside neighborhood is a
0: very diverse neighborhood (laughs) right (laughs) Um, and
1: and, um, particularly uh east african uh and um though they are a world music venue again uh, it's 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 historically hasn't sort of had uh, those members of those communities on their stage or in their audiences. And so that's what they really wanted to do. They, they took the approach of saying, Hey, well, why don't we, um, so bring in some uh, artists of color uh, who have connections to community um, and and communities of artists uh, to help us uh, design a series that is designed to help our those communities see themselves in the cedar. Okay. Uh, so I think that was the goal.
0: So the show that I was a part of, and thanks again for that, yeah. uh, was really focusing on just the Frogtown neighborhood. Yeah. Well, uh, Frogtown and Frogtown, Rondo. Frogtown Rondo. Yeah. But yeah, it's sort of in name as I saw it in social media, it was it was a lot of Frogtown. Yeah. Um, and there were some really phenomenal artists that were brought through. Yeah, I don't know if you want to speak to that lineup or any of the other ones that you would put, put together.
1: Yeah. Um, so in that show, obviously, we had you at um, the house DJ. Um, we had uh, Two psych, um, who brought in a, a, a group um, to perform um, traditional uh, Hmong poetry uh, with uh, also a traditional instrument. And I always have a hard time... It's called a Gang. Gang. Yeah, this yes. is, there's one right here on the left. Yeah, gang. Because <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I don't want to mess up the pronunciation, because I know, <laughs> but, um, but I was really excited. I did not prescribe that for him, but... It was, uh, it was a great show. Yeah, uh, but I was happy that that's how he decided to put together his group. Um, we also had Alicia Tao, uh, who's a really amazing um, songwriter and performer, and um, yeah, she w-
0: she was the surprise of the night for yeah. me she was great everybody was great but yeah she was she was she she came up and was very nervous yeah and you know how it goes sometimes somebody's nervous and they they i mean people do fall on their faces sometimes yeah. when they're nervous so i was like oh no come on please yeah <laughs> and then she blew me away
1: yeah and um to uh two sex uh uh, he pointed me in her direction, uh, and immediately when I saw um, her work, I was just like, "Oh, I mean, it just—it's so
0: an easy um, choice."
1: Yeah, it was an easy choice, and I was actually surprised that she is saying that she was saying that she hadn't pre- performed on like a stage that big before. You know, I was like, "What?" This, you know, <laughs> and I mean that—that just shows you like sort of the necessity of a place like the Cedar reaching out like that, and and the necessity of having um more community spaces for for artists like that to to really develop their their craft
0: we're we're working on that yeah we're working on that (laughs) um but we also had yeah
1: yeah we are and and i mean that's exciting and i hope to get into that um we had um uh shahidi uh who was also a a solo artist um guitar uh, singer-songwriter um who now i see like is everywhere
0: <laughs> yeah I thought, you could, you should claim credit you should say he helped him really blow up he got his he got his foothold in the scene because because you put him on <laughs> yeah
1: i mean i kind of be like
0: oh you know
1: once you once you hit it big you know maybe kick a little back to <laughs> call that the finder's fee right is that what it is right right
0: but so he just remember he needs that money right yeah <laughs> right
1: I met, you know, I met him through his sister, um, Sagira, who's an amazing poet. Um, and we worked on a project last year, uh, or actually two two years ago now. Um, our space is spoken for, um, and we performed there at Frogtown Farm together. And so, um, that's her brother, and I had been following him on uh, Instagram. Okay, he. Um, he's very good at uh really sort of uh putting his music out there through Instagram stories and I was just like, Oh, this dude's coming along, like and you know, I wanna I really wanna support um artists of color. So I was just like, Hey, I got the show. You know, you live in Saint Paul and uh, let's let's do it.
0: Yeah, let's 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 make it happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well it was good. Yeah. And it then Mike uh Dazzle uh, yeah, came through and did his came thing. through and did his thing. And
0: yeah, I thought it was funny because there were some there were some kids in there, and he was like, "Uh, I'm gonna be doing some cursing now." <laughs> <laughs> well, he
1: gave <became> a disclaimer. <laughs> you know, he didn't talk to me. I mean, I let everyone know. It's like, well, it's gonna be a family event because I wanted it to be a family event. Um, that's why I was like in the middle of the day on the Sunday. It was yeah. a matinee, um, and uh, he was just like, "Well." I, I think I'm just gonna do my thing and I was just like look I mean I'm not I'm, I'm not ever gonna be in the business of censoring an artist I, I let you know what the situation is then yeah. you decide what you want to do
0: well you know you're showing you're showcasing the flavor of frogtown and Rondo yep. and I think it would be a little bit of a lie yep. if if some kind of like What do they say? What They call it urban music was not in the mix. (laughs) Right. Right. And uh, it's just a fact. There's going to be some swearing. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to hear it walking down the street. So you might as well hear it on the stage. Yep. Kids, plug your ears if you need to. That's right.
1: Parents, if you're uncomfortable, there's food in the lobby. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yep. So you, you went through, maybe not you specifically, but you as a collective with Cedar went through Uh, some hoops to get some funding to put that series on Mm -hmm. and uh i i thought it was a really cool model so there was not a ton of stress around like turnout and ticket sales Mm, you could make it comfortable for the artist to really make it a showcase as opposed to having it be um a show if that makes sense right they
1: weren't concerned with like how many tickets they were going to sell yeah
0: yeah yeah that i I thought that was a good look and well I'm sure that it everybody would have loved it if the place was sold out crazy yeah. packed to the you know to the ceiling. Um I thought that uh having it be really chill was really nice cuz you also had some vendors that were there. Yeah, yeah. And it made it so people could meander and actually spend some time talking to each other. I really, mm-hmm. I really liked that part of it. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then you guys got to round out the night. I think you guys were Oh, well, you guys didn't you didn't play last, but you played played sort of like at the the peak, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So pretty cool. Um, let's see. Can you tell me a little bit about well, I guess I should ask. Like, were you the one that went and actually got that grant money? Or were you no were you brought in sort of after that was had? They they got the
1: money and they put the the group of artists together. They put the you know, they made their pitch and uh, wrote the grant and uh once they got the money they, they brought us in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I'm gonna ask you to to do a thing here. Cause I feel like there may be artists who listen to this mm-hmm. who are probably trying to figure out where on earth they can play a show. Oh yeah. Or how they can get the money to put together their first album, their first whatever whatever their you know Yeah. They, you need a new easel, you need a new camera. I don't know, whatever it is that helps you support your art. And they may not be aware that there are grants out there for artists. Mm. Um do you have any tips for somebody who's never even thought about applying for a grant? As far as what to what to look out for, where to even get started, ground level on that.
1: Right. Yeah. You know. Um, I think. Well, I th- well, there are a number of groups um, on on Facebook that um, there's uh, one that's called I think the Melanated Artists. Uh, Minnesota Melanated Artists uh, Network, um, where people are sharing things all the time. Um, but you know, in Minnesota, we're actually really lucky um, to have a lot of arts funding, um, and uh, through the uh, the Legacy Amendment uh, that was passed, like I think almost six years ago now, or what is it, 2020, <laughs> Lord, uh, yeah, something like that, and. Um, and that means that we we fund we give a lot of money to um, the state arts board, and then the state arts board gives money to uh, the regional arts councils. Like right in the Twin Cities, we have MRAC. Right. So hang out my MRAC website. <laughs> uh, so that, that's soon, what I was going to ask because yeah. it's just
0: kind of become does it become a game of just sort of Googling grants? Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what I do. I <laughs> okay. literally
1: do that and. You know, it started um, really local. Uh, it was like the MRAC grants. Um, we we also have some pretty amazing foundations. Uh, two big ones that fund individual artists would be Jerome Foundation. Um, and Jerome is really focused on emerging artists. So if you're just starting out, then that's like the path that you probably want to go um, Go and, and uh like seek out and and the thing is like you can actually just go to them and like say hey I'm you know I'm an artist I want to learn more about like your programs and what you have you can like you can do that okay uh, I know that's like the funny thing because uh, I worked in philanthropy for like three years as a fellow to, to learn more about philanthropy and I think that one of the things that I found out is that for me, I thought like, you know, they're up in this tower <laughs> and it's yeah. hard to get
0: there. But but you you that that was for sure my perception yeah. in the beginning. And yeah. Which is why I I know you probably have a lot more experience with actually applying for and getting some of those grants than I do. And I just figured maybe if it helps one other artist yeah. out there to hear somebody who's been there before. Yeah. Just you gotta just try. That you gotta yeah, just try.
1: And I me mean, I mean, you're gonna get rejections. I've I've gotten a number of rejections, and I mean, rejected to the point where I was like, "Gonna stop." But you just, I mean, <laughs> if you believe in your your work, then you just gotta keep keep going and and doing it, and and find you know find those other artists um, out there who because they announced the awards, yeah, and find them and and ask them and talk to them. Like I I get people who email me all the time or uh, you know call me up or or whatever hit me up on uh well now just instagram but you know and say hey like there's this grant i saw that you got it like can you tell me anything about it and i'm always happy to to share that information so okay yeah
0: well uh you want to plug your instagram account so people can get at you <laughs>
1: Sure, uh, Maestro Strange is the, is the, the IG the, or the gram or whatever you want to yeah. call it. Maestro Strange, yeah.
0: Yeah, keep it Grant-related in the DMs.
1: So. Right. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> uh, okay, so that's cool. We'll pivot away from that so that we're not just talking about money all the time. Right. <laughs> At the beginning of this, you also said that you are a composer, and I know this to be mm. true, uh, but I will confess that recently I haven't seen a whole lot going on uh, mm. sort of publicly yeah. with you on that. Uh, and then I saw this thing that said you might have a collaboration coming up with the Ananya Dance Theater. Is mm-hmm. that uh, what, what is that about? Is that related?
1: Yeah, it, it is. Um, so two summers ago, I um, or two years ago, almost exactly, I was approached by Anand, uh, Ananya to uh, compose music for um, their fall, um, their annual fall um, performance. Okay. Um, and, uh, if people aren't familiar with the Nanya dance theater, they're, um, they're, uh, sort of, a, a contemporary Indian dance, uh, company, uh, that whose work often deals with, uh, issues of social justice, um, primarily around, uh, women of color. Um, and so... I've seen a number of their works and one of my really good friends and, and partners and collaborators, uh, Queen Drea, uh, who's, um, you know, from, from Rondo, um, had, has collaborated with, collaborated with them, uh, often. And so I've, I've seen many performances and I was really honored when she, uh, invited me to, uh, sort of score their, their show. So we did that one and, um, It went well. And they liked you. They liked me. (laughs) Um, So last year they had some, um, oh, why am I forgetting her name? Um, Renee. um, Renee's last name. Uh, I should have like notes. (laughs) Um, Who's an ensemble member did the scoring for uh, their season last year. And that was phenomenal. Um, But now we're coming back uh, this year to do a piece about um about home okay um and so that's actually going to get kicked uh off next month uh, march 1st is when i officially <laughs> kind of start working on that on okay. that piece yeah
0: so you're going to write a piece about home is it just one piece is it a well, are you are you effectively helping them program an entire show around that how does that work so i the way or to be determined is the way their
1: yeah the way their performances work is like it's really really a long piece um like the piece i wrote in uh in 2018 was 90 minutes long oh wow um and but it had it was divided into sections um so i mean there was like a story a through line story and and they were like you can think of them as as movements or chapters of, of the story, and I I assume um, from the notes at least that I've been getting uh, so far that it's going to be a similar sort of thing where there's like an overall theme and a in a, uh, a story thread that is then divided into to sections. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll be I'll be watching for that for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm excited.
0: <laughs> um, are you composing a whole lot outside of that right now? Well, and actually, if so are you working on specific things, or is it the kind of thing you just do for yourself at this time?
1: It's um, well, I have two, two Speaking of grants, I have two um, uh, uh, funding uh, projects or funded projects that, that uh, I I'm working on. I get to work on. Um, I, I got a create grant from uh, the American Composers Forum last year. Uh, to work on um, opera number two. Um, And uh, I have five years to do that one, so I'm kind of taking my time with it. Uh, (laughs) Does
0: that mean you're procrastinating? Yeah, I'm
1: procrastinating (laughs) a little bit on on that one Um, because actually very close to getting that one, a little bit after that, I got um, the Jerome Hill Artist Fellowship um which is a two year opportunity to sort of develop your your craft and and what I um wanted to work on with that project is actually um, something that is very personal to me. um I have a tremendous fear of water <laughs> uh, i have so I've had it all my life.
0: so you're using that money to buy a sailboat <laughs> <laughs> well i i wanna you know i'm
1: using using it to like Work on conquering that fear through through storytelling. Okay, Um, at least I'm thinking that's one thing. You know, part of having that sort of condition or that phobia is like wondering why (laughs) I have that phobia, and so I often thought like um, I would have daydreams or or dreams about. what I thought was like past life experience and that, and it was often me being on a boat and being a sailor. And so I thought that that was one of it. But then once I began to understand sort of genetic memory and, and things like that, I was just like, well, maybe it's not me. Yeah. Maybe it was like an ancestor and maybe that ancestor was, you know, affected by the middle passage or transatlantic slave.
0: Have you, uh, have you attempted to look into that? Well, see, I mean, I realize obviously that like we can't all always trace back our families right. that far. Yeah, uh, but uh, have you have you looked into that to see if you can track any of that history down in your family?
1: Well, I have done uh, some genealogical work. Uh, I've done my DNA, and I, so I know sort of the area. Oh um, man,
0: ancestry.com's got you. Yeah, they, they do. Some, some Somebody somewhere out there in the dark web has got your DNA information. But I'm trying like, to figure out ways to sell you ads for Viagra right, right now. Right,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, honestly, I think they had our DNA before any of this, <laughs> you know, started. Yeah. So I wasn't too concerned about that. But um, what I did do was decide to write a piece. Um, that is a positive story about water, because often, again, those stories end up being about like the middle of passage, or, um, or about, um, you know, uh, segregation of pools and beaches during during that time, um, drowning and and things like that. Um, and so, I wanted to find a positive story. And since I grew up in D.C. And uh, very pro- close proximity to the Chesapeake Bay, and um, have an affinity for that area. I wanted to write a piece about that area. And then I wanted to connect it to uh, sort of an ancestral connection to water. Uh, again, looking at the continent of Africa and all that shoreline, you know, Africans had to be on the water, yeah. even though in Western history we don't talk about. Black folks on water. Well, and uh, there's that
0: whole thing about the stereotype about right. how black people can't swim. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I just came
1: back from Senegal. Yeah. Um, where black people swim. And it's completely <laughs> surrounded by water. It's, it's got It's a coastal place. It's a coastal place. Uh, there's a long history of, um, of black uh, folks or humans being on the water. And some of the earliest um, collection of artifacts are from communities that uh, were water uh, dependent, and so um, that was a very cool experience. Uh, I'm using that, uh, the the history and culture uh, lessons that I got there, uh, to inform this piece um, that I'll be working on for the next kind of year and a half. Yeah. yeah. So
0: when you're done with this piece, mm-hmm. you got to think about where you're going to perform it or where it's going to, oh. where it's going to be debuted. You've gotta, you got to you got to do that. As much as I would love to see that here in Frogtown Rondo, I feel like you've gotta move that somewhere near water. Oh. Well I mean we do have the Mississippi River just ha- a neighborhood away, I guess. <laughs> we do we do
1: have the Mississippi River. Um you know, one of the things that I think I'm I will do in the next year and a half is con uh have performances that lead up to like the the bigger piece. Um like I'm already Uh, I think I have two performances coming up. One is definitely going to be music inspired by the trip to Senegal. Sure. Um, um, That's going to be at uh, Hook and Ladder on March 1st.
0: Okay, exciting.
1: Yeah. and um, That's
0: coming right up, too. That's
1: coming right up. And so I got to we're, get... We're, I'm going
0: to let you in on a secret. Yeah. We're hoping to debut this podcast on March 1st. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be this episode, but we're, we're recording a bunch of them right now. Right. It's, it's February, as you listeners are hearing this. Yeah. We're recording this in February. So... We'll we'll sneak out on social media about this show if you'll get us the if you'll okay. send me a text or something with the rest of the information, we'll sneak it out there on our social media.
1: I will definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um but, you know, um I've been kinda looking at uh Penumbra for um, as a possible location. Um but you know, my hope is that uh my hope that is is that it could be, like, right in my neighborhood.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, so this is a, this podcast is a presentation of Victoria Theatre Arts Center, and we're very much working to build that arts center right there on university. This uh, podcast is called Alive at 825. Alive at 825. We're still working on the technical pronunciation of that, I guess. Right. Uh, the And that's the address. It's 825 University Avenue. So if oh. you're listening to this or if you're watching this on YouTube or wherever... Our lovely host Sarah decides to put this. Uh, you can definitely dr- go drive by it. You'll see it is not ready for your performance. Right, Matt? I'm afraid yet. to say.
1: Matt, quite yet. Uh,
0: but we're we're working on that. Uh, we're we're really excited that the city of Saint Paul has 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 given us the nod to go ahead and be one of their projects for bonding. And That's I think we'll kind of we'll kind of leave it at that because we're we're working. But I think that work is still largely behind the scenes. Yeah. We're trying to promote artists such as yourself right now. We're yeah. trying to we're trying to make sure that since we don't have that space open yet, that we're not uh we're not leaving you guys without a venue at all. Yeah. To get your work out there. So we're trying to build that awareness amongst our community that that you're even here.
1: Great. So I mean, that's that's necessary too. That yep. Yeah.
0: Um, I know you as a Frogtown dude, and I know you're not originally from Saint right. Paul, but I know you as a Frogtown person. I mean, um, girl right. Yeah <laughs> um, The uh, You've been here for How long have you lived in Frogtown?
1: Oh, the sea um, it, it seems like longer But it's really only been six years
0: Okay Yeah. Six years is not a short amount of time No, no Well, you're raising a family here Yes um, And, you know, I I was born and raised Right on the border of Frogtown and Midway I was like right up there on Lexington and Lafon Oh, right, yeah uh, and nowadays, if you look at a map, there's such a thing as East Midway and West Frogtown. And that's yeah. super confusing <laughs> to me. <laughs> I remember when
1: I when we moved here, I was like, oh, I'm in Frogtown. And I looked at the map, it said West Frogtown. I'm just like, what's West Frogtown? Yeah.
0: But I, you know, w- my family was raised right here. A lot of my mom's yeah. friends were in Midway and a lot of my dad's friends when I was really young before he uh, sort of vanished from our lives mm-hmm. were all in Frogtown. So yeah. I was all over the place. Right. And uh, I always thought of it as a pretty cool place to be as a kid. Uh, how do you feel about raising Ezra in Frogtown so far? Um, You know, I,
1: I still... Uh, the reason why... Like, we... My wife and I, Karina and I, are transplants. Um, and uh, so we chose to live in St. Paul. Uh, you know, when we were first starting to date and we decided to move in together, we're just like... Um I think we were both living in Minneapolis at the time actually. Um So man. you
0: you could have chosen Wyzetta but you chose St. Right.
1: Paul. <laughs> yeah, Wyzetta was up there too. It was we, so close. I don't believe you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but just lost just lost our 3 audience <laughs> members no, of Wyzetta. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Wyzetta, wow. Yeah.
1: Um we you know we knew that we decided we wanted to live in in St. Paul. Um, first of all, because we we thought St. Paul was a better place to to raise family because of the communities uh, all over um, mm-hmm. the the city, and um, we eventually moved to um, Ramsey Hill or Cathedral Hill, depending. On, yeah, uh, we were, lived right across the street from the Y uh, over there, um, and we loved that neighborhood because we were like close walking distance to a lot of cool things, including the Y. Uh, which I used to get up, like, super early because it was right across the street. I would never do that now. Get yeah. up at, like, 5.30 and go, <laughs> like, right when it opens.
0: I I, uh, I transfer. I, I take the bus to and from work, and I work at an ungodly early hour in the day. Yeah. And I... So you're talking about the Y right there on Selby and Western? Yeah. Yeah, I am there at 5.05 a.m. Mm. every day waiting for the 21 bus. I used to be right there. Yeah. Right, um, that, right there. Yeah. I'm not... I don't live there. I've never lived right there, yeah. but... Uh, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I know the corner quite well.
1: Yeah, and you know, um arcade like with the uh, Nina's and then WA Frost patio in the summertime. We love that neighborhood. And then we were we got married and then we're we're gonna buy a house.
0: Eh, it's a little it's a little expensive yeah, over there.
1: No way. And,
0: uh, <laughs> it might be a place for the wealthy right. at this point yeah. to live over there.
1: Unfortunately, it's a it's a beautiful area, um, but we could not afford it. And so we um you know i growing up knowing about not growing growing up but like living in um st paul and having attended McAllister and whatever uh that was one of the neighborhoods that i always thought was cool um particularly because of like how um how diverse it was and not just diverse with like you know one or two different populations but like a lot of different populations and and understanding some of the history of like immigrants um, for stops often being in Frogtown. Yeah. I just thought that that was cool. And then I just saw what was happening because uh, the light rail yeah. was being built. And, like, these organizers were, like, taking it to, you know, Metro, you know. Yeah, uh, we
0: really fought to get some extra stops. Because, yeah. I mean, if you could definitely – they would have effectively made, uh, like, part of Hamlin Midway and – Almost half of Frogtown and Rondo just fly over. Ridiculous. Like, no stop at Western, no stop at Victoria, no stop at... Ha- Hamlin was, I think, the other yeah. one that really got fought for. So Which yeah. just like,
1: I'm just like, what... I mean, I grew up in a city where the subway system did the same thing. Sure, Like, D.C., the subway wasn't built for us, for the black folks who actually lived in the city. It was built for suburbanites to get into the city and out of the city. Um, we didn't have stops in like the centers where the community actually lived yeah. <laughs> until the late '90s. It was yeah. finished in like '76, um, and it took them 20 years to put uh, a line that actually went through the community. So I I knew how that felt, but I also saw the um, that vibrancy of the the actions and all of that, and I was like, that's that's where I want to I want to so, be in communities like that. So you
0: gravitated towards the energy around like the rallying of the neighborhood is that what you're saying absolutely yeah um so you've been there now for six years Mm -hmm. um and so i'm guessing you've learned a few things from frog town yeah uh what do you think frog frog town could teach the rest of minnesota um
1: one of the things or the thing that i think i love most about frog town is artists organizing like i really think um again, like the when I first moved there, there there was, I know there was more funding for our artist organizer with the Frogtown Neighborhood Association, but the, the way that they actually did it, um, understanding that Frogtown was just coming out of this, uh, we were just coming out of a recession, which really impacted uh, Frogtown and, and the houses there uh, and housing there, and using artists to sort of like claim space. You know, uh, you you still don't see that. Yeah. You see it happening with like creative placemaking, which is usually creative place taking. Yeah. <laughs> but to see the community actually saying, "No, this house is for us, and we will make sure that this house gets rented to people like us," and using artists to make it appealing, like that's something I think. I think we've diluted um, through creative placemaking. How art can sort of galvanize and and strengthen community sure um, from within and not from the outside coming in yeah you know?
0: what's uh what's interesting to me is that growing up in the area you you know kids don't see that sort of effort they yeah. just see like the sidewalk where they ride their bikes or whatever yeah and it's interesting you know. I went to high school with a lot of the artists who have been, who have become these, these community and arts activists. Um, And it's interesting to have seen that morph and to have not really felt it because it's just the way it is. Yeah. Right. I didn't come at it from the outside and it's uh, somebody, somebody, I don't remember who it was. Uh, It'll probably come back to me later, but uh, somebody like earlier this week had said to me, like, it is just crazy how active this corner of St Paul is mm. like you go to the capitol you know for some protest or some action, and there's always somebody from this corner of St Paul, yeah, and uh I'm like, yeah, I guess that's true i it never you know again when you're staring right at it, you don't notice it, if yeah. you've been there the whole time, and you so I'm
1: thinking of like raising like you mentioned raising a family or raising the kids. you know I want. Ezra, to, to, to know that growing up, you know, and, and, and you mentioned like this corner of St. Paul, like, I also know that I feel, at least I feel again, not having grown up here that, you know, central high school also has, you know, something to do with that. You know, we, I look at the folks that I know that went there um, and they're, you know, they're the artists that I admire. Uh, You know, I mean, I know that our, you know our marriage from there too. Yeah, yeah. But you know your you know your bandmates uh, um, went to Central, and um, I think of folks like uh, Tish Jones and and like what what she's able. She's I, I mean I remember seeing her as a as a youngster, and now now she's this amazing artist. You know nationally recognized. Yeah. And, and you know I want that for 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 Ezra. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Ezra is in the neighborhood and may, mm-hmm. if you guys stay in the neighborhood long enough, end up right there at Central. So well, We don't plan on going anywhere. So. <laughs> He's next, right? Yeah. I like that. Um, we're going to keep talking about Frogtown for just a minute. Sure. Um, tell me three things that you love about Frogtown.
1: Mm. I love food. <laughs> okay. So the fact that I can like walk to amazing um restaurants on um University. Okay. Um and it's kind of weird cuz I'm just like each street in Minneapolis yeah. this is like the each street to me, you know. All right,
0: so so I'll ask you this and I suspect now that you might have a good answer. Yeah. So no I'm going to I'm going to hold you to this. I said three things. This is just number 1. Yeah, this is one. What's the single best bite of food you've had? along this strip in St. Paul.
1: Yeah, I gotta pick one. Yeah. <laughs> Lord. ah, oh. Man well because it, it extends out of Frogtown, you know, because it goes all the way to me, it goes all the way to Owens.
0: Yeah, uh, it goes it stretches from the Capitol all the way up through Frogtown Rondo. Yeah.
1: And and yeah. Man, that is hard. Okay. I'm gonna say something that may not be the most popular Ladies and gentlemen, hold the phone. Get ready for controversy. (laughs) (laughs) Although I know that there are like all these uh, amazing institutions that have been on the avenue forever. And and I I love um, them all. Um, I really do like Nong. Yeah. He had this oxtail pho a couple of years ago cuz he always switches it up. Sure. And honestly I I wish that that was like a regular thing on on the menu.
0: So oxtail pho at it, Nong. Yeah.
1: This was like 2 years ago I think it was. Okay. I mean um, it doesn't have to be current. Yeah. 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 I also like those rabbit um what are they? They're not wontons. They're um like egg rolls, I think. All right. Uh I like I like those, but mm. <sighs> I like sugar rush donuts. <laughs> they're my favorite donuts in town. Okay. In Chung Nam. you know, they're croissants. Yep. You can't like you can't find better croissants, I don't think. All right. So yeah.
0: All right. So food food is number one. What's uh what's number two on your list of things you love about Frogtown? Frogtown Rondo, this we'll say this sort of corner of St. Paul.
1: Well, you know, actually number two and this actually maybe should have been number one. I actually love uh, Frogtown Neighborhood Association.
0: Okay, FNA. They're, yeah, those I, are the homies.
1: I yeah. do. I do. Um, and I know... You want to
0: give a couple of shout-outs while we're here?
1: Oh, yeah. You know, Katie and Tia, um, particularly, they, they're um, the co-directors right now. Um, I just think that they, um, they, they fight so hard for the community um, and often sometimes without sort of the, the credit, um, or the gratitude yeah. <laughs> that they deserve. Um, and you know, they're just, they're fierce, um, advocates for, for the community and, and for making sure that the community gets, um, what they, um, uh, they, they need and what they deserve and aren't overlooked. Um, and of course, you know, I mentioned Two psych, uh, who works closely with them. Um, yeah, and
0: we're, them. we're hoping to have come in for one of these interviews mm-hmm. in the next week or so, yeah. you
1: know, and you know, they put out to me, one of the best sort of public, um, like sort of documents, <laughs> uh, that, that I've ever seen, um, when they did the small area plan yeah, and they had
0: better known nowadays, I guess, just as Smapple. Smapple. Yeah.
1: Um, and the way that they did it um, was in, in such a way that anyone at any level can understand what the plan is for the community. And I think that often, like, we, we like using sort of academic or, you know, public uh, policy speech too much. And, and so for the average person, they, they don't understand what's happening until it's too late and they can't have a say. Yeah. Um and so I really uh, Katie
0: especially is a very like plain talk, let's get everybody on the same page yep. type, which yeah, I really appreciate that as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's like that really should have been number one, honestly. All yeah.
0: right. So now we've got number two and number one. Yes. What's your number three thing you love most Ooh. about Saint Paul? Um
1: Well even though I think it's it's underutilized, well you mean Frogtown frogtown
0: right. Rondo yeah. yeah
1: um so I do I really like frogtown farm <laughs> I do I think it 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 could be used better um and maybe I'll tie I'll have a tie at three because again I want to go back to the arts
0: all right we'll let we'll look okay you do that. yeah because
1: I think it's I want to tie it together I think frogtown farm can be used as this sort of sort of uh, space where there's an outdoor atmosphere uh, to bring people together to celebrate, like, art, you know? Sure. Um, in, the, in the summertime where, when we have so many cold months, you know, and you just want to be outside, that's a place to go. Um, I love that we have artists like saytu Jones um, in, in Frogtown, Davu Seru, like, this amazingly talented um, world renowned artists like right in our you know backyard yeah i think that that's amazing um and and i i just love living in a community like that
0: all right yeah i'm gonna flip it around all right give me three things you don't love about frog town rondo oh man don't be too hard on us okay (laughs) what don't i love um well let's see And don't say trash service because Melvin Carter will come right in this room.
1: (laughs) You know, I got no. (laughs) My trash gets picked up, so I don't know with all this, (laughs) all this stuff. I've never had an issue with the new trash (laughs) service. You know what I don't like though? I hate the. It's the roads,
0: man. It's the roads. It's yeah, potholes, potholes and, and, and plowing, uh, and the lack of plowing. Yeah,
1: it's it's like, come on, we gotta we gotta do that a little better. I'm I'm not gonna harp on on the the garbage stuff, but man, my my shocks, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, can I send the bill to the city? If,
0: if I, my axle breaks. <laughs> I observed a thing last year, not this year. Maybe all their problems have been solved and they're just being cheap this year. I yeah. don't think so. But last year, um, on my, on my mom's old block which is a very slight hill mm-hmm. that was not steep at all. Um, we watched one of the old St. Paul snow plows attempting to plow the street and being unable to do so because it was rear wheel drive only. and oh, was just no. sliding on ice. So I suspect that it might be in part an equipment issue. Ooh. I don't know for a fact that that's the the whole problem. Well, that would make sense. But uh, I mean, if you can't make it up like no. a 2% incline after a foot of snow uh, and you're a large orange snowplow, yeah. Yeah, we might have a problem.
1: Yeah, that's And <laughs> hey, come on Minnesota. We're we're the snow state. We it, need to have that it, equipment. It all comes, we have it all comes down to art. a budget that is yeah. way over
0: my head. I'll yeah. just say that right off the bat. Yeah. All right, what about number two? What's number uh, two? Number two. Don't um, don't give me anything you hate, just things you don't love. Yeah, yeah. Um so there's nothing to hate about Frogtown or Rondo, y'all.
1: No. No, no. Um God, what is... it um I think I think I speak of, like, the restaurants, right? I kind of wish there was more open later.
0: Yeah. You know? This is, this is one Saint of my Paul things as well. <laughs> yeah, unless you're downtown St. Paul, right. there's really not a whole lot of, like, food open late type yeah. options. Like,
1: I feel fortunate that I live, like, close to Nong, and I can yeah. you know... Walk home from there, but I'm
0: just like they're because they're know. open till midnight on Fridays at least, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we uh we took a trip to Spain a few years ago and were really happy at how late everybody eats dinner there. Just mm-hmm. regular dinner is at 10 p.m. Yeah, I would do that everywhere if I could, but yeah, everything in in Frogtown Rondo, especially the things that are sort of up and down the main yep. strip of university. Those things are all pretty safely closed at around 10 p.m. Yeah, some of them earlier. than Early. that. <laughs> One of my favorite restaurants along that strip, and uh, just because not only because the food is good, but because they've been so friendly to us over the years, is Trey Chow. Yeah, I was like, that's and, uh, and that's my they number. they're not even open. Fi- yeah. I don't think they're even open five days a week anymore. Yeah. Oh, really? I think they're I think they're four days a week now. Oh man, I could be wrong about that. Please don't hit me over the head if I'm wrong about that. Wow. Uh, all right, so. Roads don't really get plowed so great and uh food should be available later and not just McDonald's. Right. What's yeah, that's true. That's what, that? that's two things. What about what about number three? Third thing you're not you're not sure you love about Frogtown Rondo.
1: Well, I mean this kind of goes back to either the um the late night opening thing or or whatever. I wish there was more places to see performances by local artists,
0: you're trying to bring this back to me, aren't you?
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's a, it is is related to that, but it's yeah. just like Nong used to like have live music, but I don't even think they're doing live music anymore. I
0: can't say I've seen it recently, but
1: um, and but other than that, like where you know you can't, yeah. you know, you have all
0: this, this space along University where. It could be... At golden Time used to do that sort of yeah. other side of Rondo. I, I, and now that they're in their new space, I don't know if they do anymore.
1: I think they're figuring that space out, it seems like. Because I yeah. know even um, Be Heard got um, moved to Halle yeah, Yeah. Um, Brown. Um, but yeah, that's a thing. You know, I I was like... Like even even the bars, yeah, <laughs> you know, Arnella's closed, and yep. they used to do live, you know, some live music there. But even the bars are, um, like, they don't have live music, right? I, I mean, not that I, I don't think, like, Johnny Babies would love Morris Blackman, or <laughs> maybe they no. would. Well, I mean, maybe,
0: maybe there's somebody from the area that would get them and their crowd very excited, and they yeah. just haven't figured it out yet. Maybe. uh... Maybe that's, maybe that's a job for a community activist to try to get some of these restaurants and bars to support yeah. these artists more directly. Yeah. Sarah, take that note down, please. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, that's three, that's three things. Are any of those things going to make you move away? No. Yeah, I would say not. No. Not for me. No. All right. Um, I am thumbing through my phone because I had one more question in that line that I didn't want to miss. Nope, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, back to the iPad. Um, Oh, yeah, there was a thing. Okay. I know you're a busy person. Mm. You've talked about a bunch of stuff that you're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: And this is not a thing that happens in St. Paul, but you can hear it in St. Paul. How on earth are you finding time to also do a radio
1: show? Oh, man.
0: You had two radio shows for a minute. Do you still have one in Frogtown Radio as well? No. Okay. I did, I
1: transitioned Galactic Fantastic to KFAI. Um, Yeah. So it it did start, it started at um, WFNU. um, How many years ago? Whenever it started, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Um, And that was great. That was a great experience. Um, I hadn't done a radio show since I was in college. So that uh, to have that opportunity from uh WFNU was was amazing. Um but my show is on from uh, four AM to six AM uh actually tomorrow morning.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for context that means Friday morning. Oh yeah, sorry four, that's four right. Four to six in the morning. In the morning. Um and, and uh <laughs> since since not everybody's heard it, what's the concept of the show?
1: Um, so it's Galactic Fantastic and it's kind of like taking the idea of more to black men and like making it into the radio show. Like, you know, black music is the spectrum of black music is very wide and um I just wanted to be able to to play interesting um, music from um, from either black composers or black producers or bands with um black folks in it that um aren't necessarily what you're going to hear um in a uh, probably in a club <laughs> or and you may hear it in some clubs but or or on pop radio say yeah um more experimental or uh, um you know genre bending or edgier uh music um that's sort of the idea i just call it the the uh the mystic sounds of the cosmos, <laughs> yeah. uh, playing that playing that music, uh, you know, early on uh, Saturday mornings. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will it will be evolving to where wait I,
0: a Friday or Saturday mornings. I
1: mean uh, Saturday mornings. Saturday morning actually, you know, it's four a um, four a.m. on Saturday. Oh, okay, okay. Which is like the end of your evening. <laughs> yeah, but it is technically Saturday
0: morning. Well, KFai broadcasts. They're they're for those who don't know, they're they're based over on Cedar Riverside in Minneapolis, but they do broadcast over to Saint Paul. They used to have a tower and a designate a, a dedicated channel for Saint Paul, but I think that is now defunct. Yeah. Um, I also have a radio show yeah. on that channel. Shout out KFI, yeah, Crystal Mason. How y'all doing over there? And uh, I think we basically are holding down the exact opposite ends of the weekend. Cause you're on super early on Saturday morning yep. and I am the very last thing on Sunday night. Oh, that's so, right. <laughs> that's it. We're yeah. the anchors. <laughs> yeah. I, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> um, and, but so for galactic fantastic, I don't know if that itself has a website. I know you do have a website and I saw that you had done a blog post on the website. Yeah. Um, where you went in kind of deep on many Rippertons loving you. Yeah. Um, I really like that and I hope, I hope that I can say this and just encourage you to keep doing those blog posts. I thought that was like a really, okay. really cool uh, uh, supplement to the show. Because even uh, even though not everybody's going to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to listen, the sort of archive you can hear the the you can hear it later. You don't have yeah, to listen to absolutely. it right then and there. I guess most and people have,
1: actually listen to it on Sunday afternoons.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> to have to have something to read along with that, I thought was really cool. Okay, so well thank you for that encouragement yeah Yeah. and a good song to talk about yeah (laughs) um any specific artists inspire you for that show or is it different every week kind of thing um well or was there a show that informed that show like where where did that come from i would I, 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 i hear you say that it's like kind of about that concept but is it you know did you decide you wanted to do it because some other show left the air and you thought that it was needed or something
1: um, now I can't remember the name of the show, but there is a show on KFBI. It's still on show that was just really eclectic, eclectic music. Um, so you never knew what you were going to hear on the show. Um, what is the name of it? Mm, I can't remember right now. It might have to be in the notes for this <laughs> podcast. Um, but like, I think really thinking about um, like it, it kind of came about with me thinking about Afrofuturism. And then really thinking about um, Sun Ra as the, like, sort of one of the, at least sonically, one of the fathers of Afrofuturism. And thinking of, like, the the spectrum of his works, um, like, it's just so, so wide. Um, And then, you know, that led me to, like, Alice Coltrane and folks like that. Um, And then, of course, I grew up on, like, P-Funk and all, all of that stuff. Yeah. And um, so I just wanted a place where I could play all of that stuff on the same show, Yeah. <laughs> really, and then like throw in some contemporary um, stuff um, from the from the diaspora
0: um, as well. So, cool. Yeah. Well, I dig it. I have heard it as it's been on air early in the morning most of the time. Oh, early? Yeah, yeah. But most of the time, I hear it also actually uh, on Sunday because I listen to a few things before I before, before I go to and get yeah. ready for my show. Yeah. yeah, I've
1: been throwing some house in. Yeah, uh, getting
0: influence from you. So All right. <laughs> yeah, happy I could do that for you. Yeah. Um, I said before we started rolling the microphones that if you had anything that you wanted to talk about, and I'll give you the chance to plug whatever you'd like to plug, anything exciting coming up. We already know March 1st you have a show. Yeah. Not sure if this is going to be out before March 1st right. or after. Um, if it is, it'll be very last minute notice. So yeah. anything else you got coming up? Um, well, two things that have a,
1: another larger ensemble that is uh, sort of uh, it's a, uh, octet um, that actually Queen Dre is in, and Khalil uh, is also in that. Um, but uh, we are playing uh, a show uh, at Moon Palace Books uh, on the thirteenth of March. So maybe this will be out before then. <laughs> um, but yesterday, um, uh, I mentioned that I was in Senegal, and while I was in Senegal, I got a text from um, uh, a, a, pub, a really amazing artist with who uh, I think um, a few people uh, would see a is his name. And he like, I don't think I know that name. He's a amazing uh, artist. That's like kind of a conceptual or visual artist. Um, But he, um, he wrote to me in Senegal and asked me to be a part of a cohort that he uh, is leading. TPT has this program called art is, um, And this will be the third sort of convening of of cohorts for that. Um, And basically what they do is have um, sort of a more, I guess, prominent artist uh, put together uh, uh, like a trio of emerging artists. And um, TPT sort of uh, does uh, filming about that artist, uh, each artist's process. And then there's a performance, uh, kind of like with the art overarching theme of, of the three artists uh, at TPT that they filmed with a live audience. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, so yesterday was the first meeting of that, and I was just like amazed to be in that room again, like because there are artists uh, like Takuma Aiken, uh, visual artists. Uh, I mean, Tish was there, um, Lady Midnight is in my uh uh cohort okay. along with Mally that's our cohort with wit
0: just had dinner with him the other day oh you did yeah, with, yeah. with, with, with Mally. Mally yeah
1: yeah yeah he's like I I met him a while ago but this was the first time we've connected in like three years so I was when wit said that he was going to be a part of it um I was really excited and then of course lady midnight her work is like uh again it, it's kind of like what I was talking about with uh, Galactic fantastic it's like you know what is she doing yeah she's Doing it all, and it's like an image and the sound and and everything. So again, it's very honored to be a part of that group. Um, but that's gonna be, I think, our performance of that is a little further down. That's in uh, June, all right. June twenty fifth uh, at TPT.
0: All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll make sure to uh to help you plug that one when the time comes. Just oh. let me know when it's all locked in and. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Very cool.
1: Yeah, but I'm going to show. Um, as part of that film, um, you know, Frogtown, because uh, they want to know what, in, what inspires me or how I get my inspiration. And, and so Frogtown will be uh, a character yeah. in that.
0: Yeah, well. they they the folks at TBT are very good at getting that sort of background or stuff. Because yeah. when High Respects, my band mm-hmm. was on Lower Town Line, like we went and walked by St. Agnes with the cameras yeah. and... Went in, sadly now gone. Lees and Ds. Oh, Lees and Ds. And uh, yeah, and st- <laughs> landmarks to me and probably nobody else. The uh, what used what used to be a Super America and became a Super USA up at uh, Hamlin and Thomas. There's another backdrop. Oh, <laughs> oh. like I said, there's a landmark to nobody that really. used to be an essay. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah, and whatever. We don't got to get into the history of Super America yeah but uh, (laughs) anything else you want to plug Uh,
1: yeah no I think I I think I did
0: everything all right yeah yeah. well uh, special thanks for coming in thanks for having me, Damien Strange yeah very awesome I'm going to get some of the business out of the way here Uh, if you like what you've heard on today's show please make sure to drop us a line at alive at 825 at gmail.com and rate us in whatever app you are using to listen to this podcast um, just rate us five stars because ratings really do help. Um, this show is hosted, recorded, and produced for Victoria Theatre Arts Center by me, Chris Wilborn, with support from the most awesome and wonderful Sarah Nichols and MK Wynn. Um, our artwork was created by Dantes Ha. Uh, original music and sound design by myself, completely royalty-free. Uh, hit me up if you want some royalty-free podcast background stuff. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you again very much for being with us. Sarah, what what are you saying? You could say who the featured uh, visual artist on the wall. Oh yeah, we have a. This is a thing I wasn't aware was happening until today. (laughs) Uh, Nathan Sai Vang, right here, has given us all of this wonderful stuff for the background, and I think we're going to switch it up every podcast, are we not? We're going to try to feature different artists from the area. Yep, a different local Frog Town or Rondo artist. Yeah.
1: Such a great idea. Yeah,
0: I think we're going to keep this right here a cool. university where sign where did that come from I did not steal it you insisted it came from me or my brother I did not steal this University <laughs> Avenue sign don't take credit alright well I, I just didn't yeah. it's a fact <laughs> but Franz Diego definitely did tag it because graffiti is illegal I see Benzella on there yeah don't worry about it uh, <laughs> we're not gonna incriminate our friends any further Damien thanks again very yeah, much for being with for us thank you for having me <laughs> perhaps we'll have you back sometime oh. alright happy. thank you <laughs> Thank <laughs>